Welcome to episode 25 of Undrafted. 25. Has it felt like 25? Honestly, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I totally it's a cop-out answer, statement. but it's, it's accurate. Those are typically your answers, though. They're cop-out. You do a lot of cop-out answers. Sorry that I like to see situations from both sides of the equation because I'm a well-balanced human. You're like one of those. Forgive me. You're definitely a pacifist. No, I'm a fighter. Just get me going on referees. I think it, it, it has felt like longer than 25 most of the time. I think so. It felt like episode like 13 to 16 felt like, whoa, we just started. And now we're like, yeah, we're doing this for ages. Yeah, we've done this for half a year, dude. We started January 1st or 2nd. True. Next episode will officially be half a year. But yeah. so obviously we just had the US Open, so we'll get into that. Um other stuff we talked about or alluded to situation with Messi and U.S. soccer. So we'll talk Bang. a little bit more about that. But before any of that coming up, what happened on this day in history? Uh, I didn't do it. Nah, I'm just kidding. What happened? Then? June 20th on 1975 or in 1975, Steven Spielberg's action thriller Jaws was released. Da-dum. Also in 2006. Da-dum. Some call 2006 the best year ever made. I don't know. I don't say that. I think some people do. Uh, Dwayne Wade wins the first title in Miami Heat history. Wow. Beating the Dallas Mavericks 95 to 92. The Dallas Mavericks. Yep. First title in franchise history. Interesting. Look at that. Look at that. Look at you. You're so proud of yourself. Yeah. Speaking of. Proud of themselves. Do you see Jordan Love uh, wishing the Bears fans a happy Father's Day? Because he's uh, trying to play on like how Aaron Rodgers like owns you and like who's your dad uh, or whatever. But inadvertently, he basically said that they're his daddy because he was saying happy Father's Day to the Bears. Yeah, I was about to say that. So he's that saying that he's his son, their son. <laughs> so the Bears are going to win for the next few seasons. Yeah. But he, he just looks so proud of it's kind of awesome. Yeah, happy Father's Day, Bears! <laughs> Do we have the video? Uh, Yeah, let me pull it up. That's <laughs> actually pretty funny. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Go Pack Go. Yeah. Look at that coy smile. Like, no, well, no I'm pretty sure he's just trying to say, like... I'm your daddy? Yeah, but he just got it wrong. He should have said, you, uh, you all wish me a happy Father's Day. Exactly. But he wished them it. Yes. He was so, be, maybe he was maybe he's nice. just a very good person. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to kill the bears with kindness. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, so Way anyway, as we've been saying the entire playoffs, though, uh, the NHL and the NBA finals finished the same way in five yep. games, four and one. Just kind of boring. But, but the Golden Knights putting up nine goals in the Stanley Cup final game. Stupid. I think that tied the record or is like right around there. That's just freaking nuts. They put their stamp of approval or stamp of victory on Nine, doing, doing it in five games. I don't even beat people in Chell, like online. I hate that you say Chell. <laughs> Dude, I did beat someone though the other day. Was, was seven it, one. I was about to say, was it eight? eight no, two? seven. It was seven one. And the guy quit though, because we had like nine minutes left. So yeah, you got to rage quit. Oh, he like did. you have no the other option. Goal, when you do that. <laughs> that guy goes absolutely not. That's nuts. And then uh, Nuggets winning also in five. Yeah, really not a lot to be said there. But what I do have a lot to say about okay. are the Braves have been going bomb squad lately, just hitting nukes. Ooh, nukes. They uh, are now leading the league by almost 10 home runs. 
and they've hit 29 the last 13 games. In the last series alone, they hit 12 home runs. They are just bombing bombs. It. Braves are and looking good. They're looking good. They've been scoring runs. A lot of these home runs, too, were plus like 450 feet. Like, not just they were like going, like they were freaking crushed. What do you think their secret is? Good hitting coach just swinging hard. I, I will say, personally, I've been watching this hitting coach, yeah. which it's about 15 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. me to watch this hitting coach. Or at least 10 years too late for sure. But uh, he, he's just Aaron Jones's. Or not Jones, Aaron Judge's no. swing coach. <laughs> Dude, it's actually, it's unbelievable. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Are they but, working on launch angle and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, so he's like, he, the way he does it, it's like, it's literally just like the quickest swing I've ever seen. And the guy's like mm. 60 and he still rips it. Yeah. Just like overweight 60 year old <laughs> and just like ripping the baseball, like him and himself. Because it's like, it's all about like the snap of the bat and like, instead of like, just the way you, I don't know, it's the way you come through, but you come through behind it almost well it's like um you remember 2019 when the al and nl records were set it was the, by far the most home runs yeah. any year and i think a lot of it was figuring out launch angle mm -hmm. and things like that and then i don't remember exactly but there's something to be said about the seams on the baseball were raised or, or something weird but i'm like the technology that people have now your swing is just it's like sign it's same thing with golf it's just oh, like yeah you know exactly how to perfect it and hit the ball really far now. Yeah, but they the way that they're doing like the load and everything he's teaching, it's like coil around the back and then just like literally it's like here to here. It's unbelievable how fast it is. But I will say it was kind of like me. My senior year when I was just so pissed off I couldn't hit a home run in college. Mm -hmm. What I did was I looked up a bunch of hitting videos and it was like kind of similar to that, where it was like you really need to stay behind it while turning for launch angle purposes, pretty much. Interesting. And I started hitting bombs at BP. Never hit one in the game. But, but dude, like uh, like pitching and stuff, like in BP, I would, I hit I, some bombs. I hit one over the 385 sign. Ferrum didn't even know what to do with you. No. They no, were, they were then, thinking about building. As soon, as soon as I switched my swing, which of course I did at midseason, as <laughs> soon as I did that, Average just went straight. Yeah, talk down. about a well calculated decision right there. <laughs> and it was awful because in games I'd be like, no, 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 do like your BP swing, but I just couldn't. I'd swung for 15 years one way. It was like I just. Uh, so you had like an in between swing yeah, in the game. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, I think I ended my career being like one for 12, like the last like three games. Ending hot, ending yeah. hot. Worth it. Potentially those BP bombs. You inadvertently kind of segued into this next thing, ending hot. Seeing Jason Hayward and Freddie Freeman. Even though, even though it's the Dodgers, but his teammates again is making your boy so happy. Because eight years ago, Braves. Well, yeah, and I mean they met in high school. They were the first and second round pick by the Braves. They were like uh, seat partners, like on every bus ride. They were like yeah. roommates for every like minor league game. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, like they were throwing partners, still throwing partners now. And so Freddie Freeman really tried to get Jason Hayward there. Oh, cool. Uh, they've worked on Jason Hayward swing a lot, and he's playing pretty well lately. Is he? Yeah. But it's like two of my favorite Braves of all time Back. that are like boys and Dodge. playing together, which hurts. But Dodgers, it's also kind of heartwarming. Yeah. But Dodgers. apparently they like they so they're both six five and they were sitting together on buses and they would take turns laying down in the middle of the aisle because they like needed to stretch out but wanted to sit together. I'm like, that's that's, that's boys. Dedication. That's cool. Yeah, that's dedication. But soccer. Take Ooh. us away. What you thinking about Messi? So I so we'll do Messi first. Okay. So Messi 
uh, I heard the tickets for the the Inter Miami just went through yes. the roof. I mean, like apparently they're going like some tickets are going for like five to ten grand, and it's not even finalized, right? No. Well, technically it is finalized, right? But yes. I guess not everything. I don't think everything. I mean, yeah, I don't think everything is finalized because I'm sure you still have to get through a couple more things. But also recently, though, I did read this that people. Uh, like soccer fans are a little upset here. So if you're a soccer fan, you can kind of attest to this. Messi goes, I've accomplished everything I needed to accomplish in soccer. And then he goes to MLS. So some MLS fans were a little bit, a little hurt by it. But, but also at the same time, fair. fair. Yeah, at the same time, fair. But yeah, I mean, boost in ticket sales, man. I think it's good for the MLS in general. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I had a meeting with a guy last week and inadvertently it turned into a soccer meeting, which I was fine with. We were talking benefits, and then we were mm-hmm. talking soccer. The benefits of liking soccer. Correct. And he goes, the one thing American soccer is missing from being really good is like relegation. And I was like, explain. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? And he was like, that's the reason people love, or part of the reason people love the Premier League and all these other leagues. It's like your team can get promoted or could get relegated in the same season, and that's like a nine-figure difference. Plus, there's it's the same thing with like fantasy football. <laughs> Sorry that I'm com- comparing pretend football with same. it. But like <laughs> when you have a like loser prize, it keeps Correct. everyone way more invested and it keeps it interesting because if you're not at the top. So if you had like, if the MLS had 30 teams. Yeah. And let's just say it was the top league in America, right? MLS, whatever. And the bottom five get relegated. Well, you are very interested now in like the bottom five. And those are huge games. Ticket yeah. sale wise attention wise like and he kind of compared it was like because richmond like the richmond kickers are like essentially a semi-pro team so i don't know how far below okay i was wondering about that do you have any idea how minor league soccer works is it like baseball where there's one a two a it doesn't look like it okay so from what i gathered and once again i'm not the smartest soccer fan but it's like different leagues so essentially it's like semi-pro like think of it as like just a completely different league almost not like this is the giants tier two tier three team tier four team i don't it's think so like, i mean i think it's okay. more like if you're a player and you play well there then maybe you get recruited by the next level so then in, by that it could go to relegation which could be really cool like the richmond kickers yeah. moves up apparently america is one of the only places in soccer where there's no relegation or promotion interesting and i thought that'd be pretty cool doesn't that feel like a very american thing to have relegation though like yeah, America is obsessed with winners and losers. Correct. And so the fact but that apparently, uh, and this is what I heard, could be true, could be not, but it, it probably it has is to do with like the MLS owners. Like they've invested so much in their team, and they don't want their team to ever be relegated. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, but apparently, like David Beckham and some of those are trying to change it with like their ownership and stuff. So I'm kind of getting a little bit more into the soccer stuff. So we'll kind of well. That's what I'm saying. I feel like this is the chance. Soccer's obviously dominated the rest of the world in terms of popularity. U.S. not so much, but Ted Lasso. We've got like Rex. I'm like, there's yeah. popular demand for soccer now, and it seems like there is a good opportunity. Plus, I don't think like football's still going to be king for a while. But everything with concussions, there's just way more right um, that I think makes soccer Feasible. football stand yeah. a chance right now. Yeah. So this is kind of a good segue right here into the U.S. men's national team. Mm. So I've always been a big national team fan because my my family is. Like I told you, I have a soccer family, especially my dad's side. 
that's the only soccer I've ever gotten into. Yeah. Just because there's some passion about being a, like the World Cup even. Yeah. Was, in, was really cool last year. But the U.S. men's national team has now won three straight CONCACAF trophies. CONCACAF? CONCACAF. What's this made up word? I have no idea what it even stands for. But they won the 2021 Nations League, the 2021 Gold Cup, and the 2023 Nations League. So last night, that's what they were playing for. Hmm. They beat um, Canada in the finals. So they beat Mexico in the semifinals, and then Canada in the finals. And let me just say, I watched the game, and they were looking good. Reyna is looking really good. Reyna, if you remember, is the one who got in that spat with the head coach because he wasn't uh-huh. getting as much playing time in yeah. the World Cup. He but was he's like 19 again. or 20. And uh, he's looking great. Like he's, he was pretty much the main reason that they beat Canada. Hmm. So all that to say, U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer's looking pretty hey, good, Hey, rest man. of the world, you watch out. Yeah. And you, also, you heard that here first. What I'll add to yeah. that too is Greg Burhalter was the former U.S. men's head coach. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who got involved in the spat with Reyna. Like, and it goes back, like, like their families know each other too. And it's kind of crazy if you, but anyway, Burhalter, because of like a 1992 domestic abuse uh, assault case or something, he uh, took a leave of absence as the U.S. men's head coach after the World Cup. Hmm. And they did this huge, the U.S. men's national team did this huge month, like months upon months. I think it was like six months in total recruit for a new head coach so they spent a ton of time a ton of resources tons of money like interviewing 10 plus coaches utilizing an outside firm just to rehire the rehire greg really so fans are a little bit upset about that sounds like it but apparently he had a lot of the like the players buy-in except reyna obviously but reyna is but it sounds like he does now star yeah anyways so it'll be interesting to see uh how Greg Burhalter shakes up in the next couple of years too. Nice. More, but more on U.S. national team to come. More to come. U.S. Open though. In the meantime, Wyndham Clark oh, wins it. Yep. Uh, we had Rory and Ricky in the final two groups. Either one of those, I would have been elated with. I think everyone in the golf world wanted Ricky Fowler to win. Everyone did. Yes, it was by far. You could even hear the chance. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky. And, and he was draining putts, it felt like. And just birdie after birdie. He set the record days, for yeah. U.S. Open, most birdies, until like the last putt on Saturday and then Sunday. And it was... And the worst part is, I didn't know this, but I told a lot of my friends Saturday night that because Fowler missed that four-footer, yep. he had to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. And it was just going to mess him up. I just... I had a feeling... But, I mean, not to say he couldn't have overcame that because he definitely could have, but that... Oh, you know that's weighing on him. That makes it... When you are sleeping... So, here's what happened. On 18, hole 18 on the third round, Fowler was up two. Going to go into the fourth round on Sunday, up two. Mm -hmm. Which is a pretty good place to be. Yep. He makes bogey after missing a four-footer, and Wyndham Clark makes birdie. So, they're tied going into Sunday. And I just knew, like... It would take a miracle for Fowler to pull it off at this point. Yep. But Wyndham Clark, he looked amazing. He won the Wells Fargo, won the U.S. Open. Great story. Lost his mom in college um, and just looked like a freaking menace. Well, two, 
two things I'd say with that. One, did you see that Rory's first two wins were the Wells Fargo and then the U.S. Open? I did not know. That's kind of That's ironic right there. And Except then, he did it like eight years. He was eight years younger than Wyndham. Yeah, Wyndham fair, was 29. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and then I was kind of not, not a biggest fan of Wyndham Clark, mostly because I wanted Rory and Ricky to win, as yeah. I just said. But he went to high school with C-Mac. Old Christian McCaffrey, yeah, I did. That's right. whose jersey graces our podcast cover. So kind of made me like him a little bit more. I'm like, if yeah. if C Mac can get along with them, because me and C Mac are so tight. You guys are close. Then like, we're close. You guys are close. We're close. So then maybe he's like a quasi friend at this point. Yeah. But he I saw was, I saw Christian McCaffrey tweet and like how happy he was about yeah. it. You know, I said that's cool. Well, you're right. He was just playing lights out. It's the exact opposite that happened with Ricky where he misses the putt, he's sleeping on it. Yeah. He ends with a birdie. He's sleeping on that. He's coming in confident. He was hitting the ball really well. Yes. And I, I even saw a tweet where Wyndham Clark's, he has like a middle coach mm-hmm. as do pretty much every PJ Tour golf yeah. in the game. And his middle coach told him to be cocky. And I thought that was a pretty interesting yeah. statement. And maybe I think cocky maybe means just, I, I get confused cocky and confident a lot. And I, I think for me, what it meant with golf is instead Knowing of like that play, you can win. Well, and it's like taking shots that like you're going for it instead of laying up, like you're trusting that you're going to like drain the hard shot. And whereas I think often you can see in the final round, people coming in, trying not to lose, and then they're not getting the birdies. Then all of a sudden it's like a bogey here. Cause they just missed the putt or like mm-hmm. the layup didn't go as well as they thought. And then you start dropping strokes. And so I think it's kind of like the mentality of no, like foot on the throat like still and if we're going at it freaking had his foot on the pedal dude he hits a couple like ballsy drives oh yeah and then also i was just amazed at this guy's short game so he good. got up i think it was whole nine hole 11 he had two incredible that you put 10 pj tour pros right there maybe two of them get up and maybe two of them get up and down but he got up and down nine and when he got up and down on 11 as well. That was an insane, insane shot. And like, you can't, I mean, TV only shows so much. And if you actually saw it in person, like the shot he hit, you'd be like, I could never Astound. do that. Yeah. I could never do that. Right. But I mean, once he got up and down at 11, I was like, yeah. I think he's got this. Whereas Rory, I felt like was also hitting the ball incredibly well. He was. He only missed three greens. Two of them were fringe. I know. Like he, he, he was all, but well. he just none of his putts were dropping. None of like his, yeah. they weren't terrible, but none of them were dropping. None of them were dropping, but also he didn't like put a lot close. Yeah, I felt like all day he had a lot of like 20, 30, 40 foot birdies. Well, that's true. He also didn't hit a putt over six feet, though. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a combination of uh, yeah. like. You're saying that like they just weren't any in the like 10 range? Yeah, I'm saying there many. wasn't a lot between like that five, six to 15. Those are kind of makeable ones for because wedge game also just was not that good. Wasn't great, yeah. But I mean, he played unbelievable. I think he had the most. He had like eighty four percent of greens at a U.S. Open or something. And again, a couple of them were like fringes, like basically the green. Yeah, I would also say too, though, Scotty Scheffler as well. The man just finds a way to always be in the top four. It's always like it's insane, dude. The yeah. The last 15 months of golf has been a story of like Scotty Scheffler has been 
in every single turn. So consistent. He's always in the top 10. It's, it's un- yeah. Even when you think that he's out of it, it's just somehow works his way back. Like, uh, talk about another great finish with his eagle and the birdie on Saturday. Oh, Nuts. that was so That was one of the greatest shots I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> the celebration, though, left a little bit to be desired. The man looked so awkward. Yeah. Like, can we teach, like, golfers and tennis players how to celebrate like athletes? Yeah, just, like, little dance moves or something. <laughs> he, like, goes to, like, chest bump slash hug and just, like, plops into yeah. his caddy. I know. I saw. I loved it. Oh. I loved it, though. Other things happening. Other record. Well, so two 62s were shot, um, which were... One stroke off the course record, right? That was mm-hmm. 61 by Max Homa in college. I thought that was interesting. Did you see that? It did tie the lowest um, U.S. Open and score, though. Tied. And then Tommy Fleetwood set a record for shooting two 63s in final rounds at U.S. Open. Or it might just be in general. Yeah, I think so. Um, yep. Tommy Fleetwood played well. I think he finished top 10 as well. Good for Tommy. But, yeah, I mean, I... I the players obviously did not love this course. There was no. a lot. I mean, everyone from Kepka to Fitzpatrick to um I forgot the other few golfers who said something. Not a lot of them liked it. They did not. The one guy who won the US Open last year. And I don't know. I mean, personally, I don't think on a US Open course, I don't care if you're playing video game golf. You should never shoot a 62 on a U.S. Open course, right? Like, you yeah. have 30 other events on the PGA Tour. We're like, sure, if if someone wants to win at 12 under, 15 under, 18, great. That's fine. I don't care at all. I love the Masters, how it's the same course. PGA, just let them 20 under win it, right? Yep. Just let them, like, whoever has the most birdies. The Open's obviously a little tricky here and there. But like U.S. Open is supposed to be the toughest challenge in golf, mm-hmm. and for people to shoot sixty, I don't care what the conditions are, like for people to shoot sixty-two, yeah, not just one person, not like one person just went blind. two people, and shot also Fleetwood shot a, a sixty-three. 63. So yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, it was a par seventy, but still, but like, yeah, but still, like, I mean, they brought in the fairways, um, but still, like. The pin placement, it seemed like they tried to make it as hard as they could. It just it definitely was hard, but like at the end of the day, you had two people, eleven and ten hundred. I know. So and it just seemed like they didn't like it. Also, the crowd wise, yeah. it was uh, everyone was saying it just felt like corporate because there were just no like normal fans there. It felt like it was yeah, like six thousand right. or something like that. So yeah. But it was um, pretty cool the eighteenth hole. Yeah, the eighteenth hole was cool. But it also showed how few people were there. Really. Yeah, but it was cool how they let everyone just kind of come up i think that should happen more often i think i agree with that all in all just felt like wasn't the best was okay. atmosphere yeah, <laughs> yeah like it just felt it like an okay US open. us open i'm Nothing glad Wyndham clark like awesome great for him getting his first major um but i mean i thought all in all it was just like mm. also the back once again i'm just getting so pissed off with these major tournaments how the back nine is just not close and if it is it's one person like i i want to see a back nine where it's like 10 people yeah no i agree because the fact that it's like even if it's four people like if all four of them had a shot on the 18th that would have right. been interesting i want some playoffs too like i want it to be interesting there and yeah I just felt like, like it the last time i felt like it was like and i could be wrong here but the 2022 pj championship when justin thomas pulled that out that's what i want like there's three golfers neck and neck thomas ends up um 
going to a playoff and winning, like. Yeah, we got to talk to the PGA about their script. Yeah, we, we they, really they clearly need to, need to upgrade it. Yeah, uh, make it also, I thought it was interesting though that they had the shortest par three in U.S. Open history mm -hmm. and the second longest by one yard. Yes, <laughs> that would have been wild if they had the shortest and the longest part. I don't know why they didn't just have two. Yeah, I know. Just like make it three hundred one. Yeah, because they had a couple par threes that were two seventy. And one day it was playing two ninety nine, right? It was like early on. <laughs> Stupid. And then, yeah, that's actually dumb. That's dumb. That is actually stupid. <laughs> like, if you think about it, like, that's... But then again, I mean, I guess well, they, they have these holes, and they're still shooting five under, so, like, so, whatever. Do you know, I was thinking about this on the drive-in, actually, for that, or those, like, really long par threes, did they just extend the tee box way out, or is that, like, an originally a par four that they made a par three, or do you know? I don't know. It that's looks like they probably extended it out, just based on, the like, the layout. But yeah. they, once again, could have changed it. So Two final things I'll say about LA Country Club. One, apparently they don't let celebs in, which is pretty lame. I don't know. Pretty yeah. lame. It's like a $250,000 initiation fee and then no celebs. Once you have 100,000 Twitter followers, they cut it off. You're done. You're done. Yeah. Done. Your name appears in the local paper, and it's not an obituary, wedding, or death. Or death. That check. is obituary. A birth is what I meant to say. You're done. You're done. Get out of here. Once you have a blue check, you're done. Even if you pay for it. If they found out that you Bye. want that, clearly you don't fit their morals. Yeah. Other thing I'll say about them is I saw that they um, are funding, I don't know if it's just like renovations or a build for a public course in LA. Uh, so they're like donating a million dollars to that. And I saw that Augusta has done that too. Oh, cool. And I was like, I think that any um, club that hosts a majors needs to invest in a public course in the city. Because okay. they're bringing in a lot of revenue from the major. From the city too, yeah. From the, and then I'm like, that just kind of like feeds this cycle of golf where I personally am not crazy about like the exclusivity of like fancy right. country clubs, but I'm like, whatever. It's like their own thing. But I'm like, it's better for golf if it's more accessible to everyone. 100%. And you can have this side. Of, like, I don't know. Like what, it just feels like it's better for the game. It is. And so what a cool cycle. If a major comes, it brings in revenue. You have plenty of money in it. You're still making money off of it. But then like part of that expectation is like paying it forward to public courses in the city. Right. I think that's cool. It is cool. So I don't know it's if that's like a new precedent. The freaking greens fees like 220. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like it's all just like a straight up because it's a nonprofit. LACC is a nonprofit. I saw this too. They pay 200. Most country clubs are nonprofits. Right. Exactly. But so they pay 220,000. Um, dollars in tax but the actual value of the land is eight billion dollars no yes so they should be paying eight million a year in taxes eight billion yeah so it should be paying because, way more than eight million in taxes right because there's something is like they can pay one percent of it so i guess 80 million right no yeah 80 yes yeah so 80 but because i mean think about it it's a huge tract of land in Bel Air, essentially, or like Be Beverly Hills. Like, yeah, it pays $220,000 in annual taxes because of like these two old rules. One of them is it, um, essentially, they passed it in, well, so it's a nonprofit. Then the second one is in 1978, voters passed um, Proposition 13. It's a new law that rolled back the assessed land value to its 1975 level or more. So basically, like, more or less froze the assets in time. So because of that, um, the club would be paying eighty million one percent in annual property tax because of its land worth eight billion plus. 
but because of these two laws enacted more than 45 years ago, LACC's land is currently assessed at just 22 million and they only pay $220,000 in property taxes. $8 billion the yeah. land's assessed at? Is it in downtown LA? It's like Beverly Hills. Holy smokes, okay. Yeah. Apparently, like the they were saying, the Just Playboy Mansion was like on the thirteenth or fourteenth, yeah. or like I don't think it still is, but um, no, it is. Oh, it is. I think it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, all that is saying, they can afford a million dollar donations because of their nonprofit status to like local courses to yeah. advance the game in LA and making it accessible without two hundred twenty dollars green fees. Yeah, I agree. But that'll be three hundred, probably. Uh, so maybe it's wishful thinking, but. I think that would be cool moving forward. There's a country song about that. Sing it to me. No. Fine. Iceman will talk to me. What's up, everybody? This week's Unsung Hero goes out to Team Agar, made up of Jeff and Johnny Agar. Uh, Jeff and Johnny Agar are triathletes, and Johnny was born with a muscular and skeletal defect that has left him confined to a wheelchair for the entirety of his life. Um, but on Johnny's list of things to do, a bucket list of sorts, he put on a desire to do a triathlon to which his dad stepped up to the plate and in the perfect father's day story from yesterday uh, jeff has decided to become the triathlete that pulls and pushes and the power behind johnny's dream so together they run these triathlons well the big story though is that peyton manning sent a direct video to the family this past week uh, via a cbs morning news story uh, announcing that they have received an invite to the invite-only event that is the Kona World Championship cool. Ironman Triathlon. And if you're not following what that actually entails, the Kona Triathlon is incredible. You're talking about a 2.4-mile swim and a 112-mile bike ride, followed by a full marathon for a total of 140.6 miles accomplished on the day there in Kona, Hawaii. So Johnny and Jeff will be going to compete together to uh, be the perfect father-son duo and complete one of the greatest feats you will see in sports this year. So here's to you, Team Agar. You're this week's unsung hero. That's cool. Mm, that is cool. Mm. That is so many miles. So many miles. You in? No. No. Dude, you swim 2.4, which is insane. You ride a bike for 100 and, what is it, 12, 116? Something like that. I can't remember. Miles. That's like going from here to DC, just mm -hmm. riding a bike. And then you run a marathon. You run a marathon. It's stupid, dude. I've thought, like, I've looked at doing a half Ironman and just half of all of that. I feel like if you're doing a half, you might as well do a whole. It's still not even close. <laughs> That's <laughs> like saying, oh, you ran 13 miles. You might as well run 26. Right. But I'm saying, like, if you're going to do it, you might as well just do it. That's my thought. You know what I mean? Like a half. If you do it, I'll take your advice. I'll do it if you do it. That's not not happening now. <laughs> Maybe in ten years. Well, Iron, not no, Iron Man. We're not tied. I'm I'm winning. No, we're tied. It's three and three. No. Yes. No. Yes. It's. I think it's four and two. I think it's not. Here. It's three and three. You're wrong. Do you want to run back the tape? Yeah, actually, I would love that. I think that story number two, Tony Stark, is true. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Story one, Jason Bourne. And you're still up one nothing. Number one's true. 
Oh, you hey, number two is true, and we're tied up. One to one. Wow. I've, my gut said one. I think story number two is true. The pizza. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. It's the burger. Yeah. I'm two and one right now, Joe, after this. Story two is false. Story one's true. I actually agree with that. Dang, yeah. y'all are both right. Let's go. You've got three dubs. You got one dub. No, but my gut does say one's true, two's false. That's what it says? Mm-hmm. Three and two. <laughs> oh, no. There's the ambulance stuck in the yeah, mud. I think story number two is true. The ketchup. You're right. Story two right? is true. We're tied up three to three in Florida, man. Yes. And I just found out someone's not prepared with the story. Yeah, I'm not. It's okay. I get it. You're scared. All right. You ready? Yep. Story number one. Are you feeling this? I'm ready. Can you feel the miniature crabs? A large green iguana ended up on a transformer in Lake Worth, Florida on Wednesday morning, causing over 1,400 customers in the area east of Dixie Highway and south of Lake Avenue to lose power for about 35 minutes, which was the time it took for a team from the city to arrive on scene with safety equipment and remove the reptile before starting the system up again. Unfortunately, the iguana proceeded to pass away from the incident. From the voltage shock? <laughs> ben Keir, a spokesperson for Lake Worth Beach, said that nothing is going to survive that situation. The pictures are horrible every time this happens. According to other stories, this happens frequently. So much so, the city has instituted several hardening measures to protect critical infrastructure from iguanas, such as making utility poles more difficult to climb. Hmm. Story number two. Grease in the poles, just like in Philly. Recently, a local neighborhood... Recently, <laughs> Recently, a local neighborhood in Ocala, Florida, experienced an unusual water predicament when an unexpected visitor, an alligator, caused disruptions to the local water supply. The incident unfolded last Friday and left residents perplexed and temporarily without access to clean water. The massive reptile had managed to infiltrate a key water treatment facility, triggering a series of operational issues. Authorities responded to the situation and proceeded to call local wildlife handlers to safely capture and remove the intruder from the facility allowing water operations to resume. The incident highlighted the challenges faced by individuals living in alligator-prone areas in Florida. Communities around Akala are demanding increased awareness for proper infrastructure safeguards to prevent future wildlife-related disruptions. Mm. That's a good, a good job with those stories. You made them nice and even. I think so. I think you did. They, I was well-crafted. Thanks. I think the iguana story is true, though. I hate you. Is that a winning record for you, boy? Let's go. How do you know? It's just my big brain. No, I just... I feel like uh, the water treatment facility is on a little bit more lockdown for an alligator. It doesn't just meander its way in. It can't open a door. No, but it can easily go through, like... Like, you know, those little uh, like streets that have. Oh, you're talking about like the yeah. like drainage area? Yeah, it can yeah. easily go through a drainage area. Oh, that's, I was, yeah. I was talking, but you said water treatment facility. So I was thinking about like the treatment part of it. 
Alright. <laughs> it was my gut, dude. It was well, my uh, gut. Whatever. I'm I just not had doing the strong it. gut instinct. No, you got to. No, I'm not. Sorry for your losing record, but keep going. I, so draft. You want to do this? Summer activities. So we're thinking, essentially, it's a Saturday. The world or is, Sunday. Or Sunday. It is a weekend you day. You're not working. Yeah. It's a Friday. It's a Tuesday. And you're thinking, man, how can I spend this lovely summer day? What activity do I want to do? Mm. Q pick number one from Christian Mosher. Pick number one. Man, there's so many good summer activities. So many good ones. Man. And we're going to try to I, get a Or sorry, do you have it yet? Yeah. Okay. I go. hate saying this, but for me, it's got to be golf. That's a good one. Yeah. There's a nice little round if of golf. If it's like, you know, Saturday morning tea time, 73 degrees. Ooh, what about 74? Very little wind. Would you still play with 74? No. Uh, 72 though? Yeah, 72. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it is basic, but it is a good one. Yeah. I'm going to go with a spike ball game on the beach. Oh, that is fun. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So we're taking a little beach trip and playing spike ball. Let's go. I do love spike ball on the beach. Yeah. I could crush you. Doubt it, but continue on. Number two for me is boating slash wakeboarding. Which one is it? Those are two different activities. I'm counting them as one. And those are two different activities because the other one's up for grabs. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I've got both of them listed down. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I looped them into one, man. Well, it doesn't work like that. No, I love... That's, that's the same activity. It's like you... In order to go wakeboarding, you have to boat. So the activity is then wakeboarding. Uh, no. Because if I didn't boat, <laughs> like if I just wait. Well, okay, mine's driving cars because I got to drive my car to the beach. And then <laughs> it's walking because I got to walk on the sand. Then like close. building because I got to build the spike close. ball thing. Continue. So which close. one is, is it wakeboarding? I will just say wakeboarding. And that's a very new passion. Then I'm doing boating on the river. <laughs> just because you couldn't think of another. Those are just two. I listen uh, to both. Let's see. Uh, third favorite activity: drinking Miller Lights around a bonfire. Mm, I love a having a couple frothy pilsners. A mighty fine pilsner. My next one: going to a baseball game mm. and chowing down on a glizzy. Oh, I can picture you eating that. Mm. <laughs> Although I guess technically that's two activities: eating a glizzy and going to a baseball game. But <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Oh man, summer activities. I would have to say number num number uh, four for me here. Ball tennis. Mm -mm. Mm. Summer activity is going out to eat on a patio, Ooh. or like out Ooh. in like a nice outdoor area, and preferably doesn't have to be, but preferably overlooking water. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, like having like an appetizer. Hey, if we're throwing a nice scene into this, uh -huh. what, imagine you're like on the lake. You uh -huh. hop on a little pontoon boat. You roll up to the restaurant. Too many activities. I'm just saying, I'm just a scene. This is a scene. So you park your boat on the dock. You get out, you walk up. You have a little dinner on the patio. Then what happens? You get back on your pontoon. You play a little music and then you cruise back across the lake. The sunset. 
That sounds, yeah, that sounds good. They sound pretty nice, right? That does sound good. Yeah. yeah. So basically, I'm congratulating your pick. Yeah. Um, Got to do it. Surfing. I, hate, I don't like surfing. Way to yuck my yum there. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to surf? No, I just said it because it sounds like a cool activity. Yeah. So you don't know how to surf? I do. Uh, oh man now being in the water is probably like the ocean especially not a big morning person but once i'm out there in the morning or like towards dusk are the best Mm -hmm. feelings in the world especially if it's like a little stormy Mm. stormy stormy all right gosh maybe we should cut it off at four no you're there's a very obvious one we're both missing cereal (laughs) cereal I don't think I'm going to do tennis. little frisbee, little can jam in the park. That is fun. Is that your five? No. It might be. If you take my five. All right. You a fisher? Like going fishing? I used to really be. Yeah. But I, I just haven't been in, in like a couple of years. Oh, okay. Number five for me. An outdoor country concert. Mm-hmm. And I knew you weren't going to pick that one. You're right. I was not going to pick that. But like a good but, outdoor but a good, country concert. I would say like even in general, just like an outdoor like summer concert is right. up there. Yeah. Super good one. I'm going to go, ooh, I was just thinking though, like I said, a little can jam in the park. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm doing. I'm doing a pool day. What beats a summer activity? What's a better summer activity than a pool day? I hate pool days. You hate pool days? I hate pool days. I will what? go on air and say that. I hate them. What? I mean, it's so boring to me. It could be the most boring thing. Now, if the pool has like a basketball hoop Water, or volleyball in the pool? That could be fun. Ooh. Like I guess technically I'm refining mine. Yeah, Water, I mean, volleyball when you in the pool. Though, I'm just thinking of like, there's a pool, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's like a chair and you just like sit there. I okay, no, I get what you're saying. I'm not a big like I'll sit there for a few minutes, but I'm a little it's bit like too ADD. But if like I don't pick have an five, on pick the beach. five is where you are slamming some water volleyball in the pool. Water volleyball. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, on a pool day. All right, I'm with you. I can I can deal with that. Well, that's just the end of the episode. Thank Gee. you guys for listening, and remember, please remember, if you do not forget, and remember, and re- we like, must remember subscribe. to never forget. Why, you know, you know what I don't like about YouTube? Everyone says like and subscribe. What do you wish they said? Like. And. Review. Comment. Comment, yeah. Subscribe. Peace.